Hello, my badass fire starters. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and this show is all about achieving the sacred pleasure of your highest potential through spirituality, self-empowerment, entrepreneurship, and magic. It's time to unabashedly blaze your own path by turning up the volume on your total authenticity. I'm an outlaw life and success coach for rebel boss witches and modern mystics, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for listening. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. It's Caitlin Matanley. How are you all doing? How are you doing? I want you to really answer that. (laughs) Don't tell me fine because I know you're lying if you say you're fine. And don't feed me a bunch of bullshit about how, you know, you're using this time to catch up on all of the things you've been wanting to do and, you know, becoming an amazing cook and also getting in incredible shape and starting a new business and don't lie to me. I know you're freaking out. And do you want to know why I know that? I know that because I'm freaking out. Yes, me. I'm freaking out. And when I say that, I say that from a place of love. You know, it's not like every moment of every day I'm panicking and like stocking up on, you know, hoarding toilet paper and whatever else that, you know, we sort of stereotype behind these uncomfortable emotions. But the reality is we are in unprecedented times and anyone who says they're doing great with it, I don't believe them. I really don't. You know, I do believe that some of us, especially those of you listening to this podcast, if you've been on a spiritual journey, on a personal development journey for some time, you have tools at your disposal. And if you're freaking out with those tools at your disposal, imagine the normal people. really you know I think especially people like us who are on this path we can feel like we should be handling this better than we are and the reality is this thing and that's kind of what I'm referring to it as because it's not just the coronavirus it's not just you know those of us who are like losing our jobs or out of work or whether it's permanent or temporary or having you know reductions in our clients or anything like that it's not just any of these things it is our most base deepest human fears that exist fears of survival fears of isolation and what that means fear of not being not having what it takes not being able to handle the challenge It really is, it's like all of the root chakra things you can even imagine. You know, so in, when we look at the energy centers of the body, whether you call them the chakras or something else, when we look at the base, the root, it's that part of us that really centers us into our world. And as social creatures, our orientation in the world is really dependent on others. And that can sometimes foster this illusion that we are more on top of things than we are. Let me explain. So, you know, how many times have you been in, you facing a big decision? 
and you ask everybody you know what you should do. You ask your closest friends or your mom or whoever. And that's because we orient ourselves based on the existence of others. And if we do this too much, you know, doing it once in a while isn't a problem. But if we do it so much that we rely on it, you know, I've talked a lot in this podcast over many, many episodes over the past year. I've talked a lot about how we, you know, to get in touch with your intuition and to really, really have a deep knowing within you that you feel you're able to trust. In order to have that, you need to to sort of, you know, tune out, drown out the voices of others. And that's what's happening right now, you know, to an exponential degree. And it's funny because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know I am online more than ever. (laughs) I think probably most of you are, you know? Like, I have my my sort of iPhone screen time recommendation. It's like an hour combined on Facebook and Instagram. Like, I don't know who the person was who said that. It was some like highly, I don't know. I, I guess I just wasn't clear on how much time I was really spending on social media. And yeah, I can justify it because it's like partially for work and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, <laughs> needless to say, I've been consistently saying ignore, ignore limit for rest of day, which is one of the options when it pops up, <laughs> like freezes the app. You could be like, ignore limit for, or you could, I think there are three options. Give me one more minute, give me 15 minutes, and then like ignore limit for rest of the day. And needless to say, I've been ignoring the limit. And so, you know, in some ways we are exposed to more voices than ever, but it's different. It is different. I know you know that it feels different. So I want you to get honest with yourself about these fears, this, this feeling of fear, not even the specific fears, but the feeling of fear that is coming up for you. And that's why today we're talking about fear. And in fact, I'm hosting an upcoming free like 100% free, (laughs) three-day live retreat. It's a three-day event. It starts tomorrow, Tuesday, March 24th. It starts tomorrow, and we're doing a a group Zoom call every day for three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we're going to be talking about spinning fear into gold, which is basically taking this fear that we're experiencing, breaking it down, and using it to create our most powerful, passionate work. And I'm not talking about work necessarily in the capitalist sense because, you know, with all of these messages on social media right now about like how, you know, Shakespeare wrote King Lear when theaters were closed for the plague and stuff, there may be like even more pressure than ever to like produce. And while I do believe that this is a really, really interesting and important time for us to examine our priorities of how we spend our time, regardless of whether or not you're still working or working at home or working out of the house or whatever, things have shifted. And so I do think it's a powerful opportunity, but at the same time, I think it's also a powerful opportunity to get away from the concept of creation as something that only can exist under capitalism. You know, and I mean, come on, I'm a business coach. Like I am a big proponent of using your life's work to empower yourself financially, but that's not the only way. And so in the upcoming three-day retreat, which I'm gonna put the link in the show notes, you have to click the link in the show notes to sign up, you'll get the schedule, the, the join link, everything. So make sure to click that. And you can join, you know, it's gonna, we're gonna have replays probably available until 
the beginning of next week. So if you hear this a little bit late, still sign up and you'll get the replay if you missed it. Um, or you can sign up and get in for the you know final two sessions if you missed the first day, whatever. It's all gonna be recorded, but we're going to be talking about, you know, not just like how to be more productive and like channel this fear into productivity, no. It goes so much deeper than that. This is about understanding your soul's essence and how this fear is really just clogged up energy that when we can identify it, move it, and reshape it, we are able to redirect it into something that we desire. So if you're vibing with this episode and some of the things we are talking about today, we're going to go so much deeper in the three-day retreat. It's all virtual. You can join from any place in the world. So be sure to check that out in the link in the show notes. Um, as always, if you have any questions, just message me on Instagram at Caitlin Matanley. Link to my Instagram is also in the show notes, as always. Okay, so let's talk about fear. So the first thing, like if, and this goes not just for fear, but for any emotion, especially emotions that are uncomfortable, which is not just like fear and jealousy and, you know, disgust and hatred, but also sometimes like the so-called good emotions, I'm putting that in air quotes, that good, sometimes it's those so-called uh, good emotions like, you know, love can feel really fucking uncomfortable. So this really applies to anything, but today I'm gonna to talk about fear as sort of a laboratory for breaking this down. And let's face it, like the world is operated by fear right now. And I think those of us who are on a spiritual path, we feel like this pressure to not buy into that and to like not operate from fear. But the reality is as highly sensitive individuals, like we're picking up on it, not just like in our human suit, you know, I'm picking up on like the human fears that I have, but also I'm picking up on everyone else's fears and not just picking up on them, but like deeply feeling them. And I'm having these like, just my, my reaction to some of these things I'm experiencing, it really kind of goes beyond what's logical. And my explanation for that is that, you know, I think I'm also picking up on hereditary fears, past life fears, you know, fears in my DNA, like people in my lineage who have died in pandemics, you know, who knows, like who knows what I'm picking up on. And, you know, I'm not really so interested in like looking at or, or like trying to figure out what that kind of comes down to. And that's the first piece of this. So we need to identify what we're feeling in this case, fear and call it out. So if you're feeling fear, identify that's what it is. Because fear isn't always like you thinking in your head, I'm scared. What more often what it feels like is like tightness in your chest and lashing out at your partner and getting grouchy about your friends and like avoiding your parents' phone calls or like whatever, or maybe calling them all the time. <laughs> Who knows? But you have these actions that are reflecting, they are ways of you carrying out an emotion. So what is that emotion? Once you identify what it is, whether it's fear or something else, then you can move on to, you know, finding ways to release it and allow it to move through you and then channeling that energy elsewhere. So the thing is for me, like sometimes it's helpful and, th and this really is like my approach in general to spiritual and self-development work. 
I feel like we sometimes put too much emphasis on like figuring out why things are the way we are they are why we are the way we are you know why we feel a certain way and ultimately it's usually about something that we're holding in the nervous system and it's not always easily traceable back to a specific thing you know and so I once I acknowledge that I'm feeling an emotion an uncomfortable emotion like fear so I'm thinking like this is fear this is what fear feels like to me oh this you know symptom this is fear hello fear it's nice to meet you. Like you're sitting with and meeting fear. So once I do that, you know, sometimes things do come up. And I and I might even ask a little bit like, "Where what's this really about?" Like that's one of my favorite questions to ask. What's this really about? And sometimes things come up, you know? So what I mean by this is I may sit and be like, "What am I really afraid of?" So once I know I'm feeling fear, what am I really afraid of here? Am I afraid of running out of food? Am I afraid of, you know, some, someone I love getting sick? Am I afraid of myself getting sick? Like, what's this really about? And you can ask that question, but it's not really necessary to like dig and dig and dig into it. So when I asked myself this question, very quickly, like certain things came to mind. For example, okay, I wasn't so afraid of myself getting sick because it's like, well, if I get sick, you know, I probably won't be hospitalized because I'm, you know, healthy and not really in the risk group but once I started really you know hearing about like some people who were healthy and still getting sick and still to be hospitalized I realized what I was really afraid of is getting you know being stuck alone in a hospital especially a hospital where like I live in Mexico I speak Spanish but I don't speak Spanish the way I speak English by any means, you know? And so like the idea of being in a hospital where like I may not be able to advocate for myself in my native language was scary. Okay. So I could look at that and think like, well, that's not really a super likely scenario. So what else am I afraid of? So once I acknowledge it wasn't super likely, that like took a little bit of the steam out of it. It was like a worst case scenario thing. I realized that I was also afraid of my father who is in like every risk category. Um, he, you know, his age, his lung health, his heart health. And I realized, oh, because there are border restrictions and required quarantines, like I'm afraid that even if I was able to get a flight back to the United States where my father lives, if he was sick, I would have to be quarantined for two weeks and then still maybe not even able to see him. So I might never see him again. That was terrifying. That was terrifying. And so... Once I identified that, you know, that was a real fear. And I could look at like, okay, well, how will I handle that situation if it comes up? And I was able to kind of look at that and recognize that there wasn't a lot I could do. There wasn't a lot I could do. So from there, you know, I could start to, like I, I would feel, I felt the feelings of fear start to dissipate a bit, but they still existed, they were still there. And that's when I realized like, sure, sometimes, we can give a why, like in those examples I gave. But then other times it's just this deep, deep, old, ancient fear. And this is a feeling I have felt my whole life, honestly. A really deep sense of a lack of safety, which I can only explain by just imagining that it's really deeply stored memories in my nervous system, 
that aren't quite ready to come out and deep, deep, deep feelings and emotions stored in my nervous system from my ancestral DNA, from my past, my soul's, you know, past incarnations. And, you know, figuring out exactly where that comes from, like, did I have a great, great grandparent who died in the plague or something like that? Like, while it might be, you know, kind of like something we could, you know, spiritually brag about like oh i'm i'm experiencing this because my great 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 grandfather died in the plague or in my past life i you know <laughs> died of influenza or something like that while we can sort of like use that as like spiritual bragging material the reality is it doesn't necessarily help us clear in the present and i'm really of the belief as we're identifying emotions and clearing them that we don't always have to know where things come from we can identify the emotion, we can feel it, and this is the next part that I'm about to get into, and then we can clear it, which we'll get into in a bit. So once you have this information and just this willingness to sit with the emotion, I encourage you to feel it. I encourage you to go there. And this, is, this can be scary, especially if you are connecting, in this case, the fear to specific fears, you know, to specific concerns. So do this as much as you feel safe and comfortable doing in the moment. I encourage you to feel the feeling, to really feel that fear, to really allow that catharsis to take place. That can only happen when you sit and stare at that emotion in the face, when you allow it to be taken into your body and transmuted into something else. So once you've identified the emotion, you've really, really felt it, you've allowed yourself to sit with it, and to you know process whatever comes up and when i say process you know, that's i think one of those words that's used a lot but not a lot of people talk about what processing actually looks like for me personally it's like when i identify something and feel it deeply that processes it naturally because i'm somebody who tends to push my emotions down and like cast them into the shadow so i know that about myself because my reactions to situations don't always match the situation. And that's something, you know, in identifying that and seeing that and like having my partner point that out to me, I've realized that that often happens because there are emotions at play that I'm afraid to feel. For you, you may have to get like a little more you know, intellectual with it and it can help to journal it out. And that's something I do as well sometimes. Journal it out or talk it out with yourself. Like this is actually a huge benefit of prayer that people don't acknowledge that regardless of what you think of like who or what it is you're praying to the act of voicing your concerns is so valuable it's so valuable whether it's you listening on a higher level or God listening or the universe listening or whatever regardless of who or what it is that act of voicing and and allowing you know the emotions to run their course through you is really, really helpful. Finding ways to express it. So, you know, doing those things can it help express it, voicing it out loud. I, I'm not honestly, I don't find that like voicing it to someone else is always that successful unless it's somebody who you know is just gonna listen and like be totally supportive. Because what happens often is the other person will try to like talk you out of it or give you a solution and that's not always helpful in actually processing an emotion. You know, it allows you actually to 
take some of the responsibility off of you and give it to someone else. And that's not always helpful. So that's why I actually think it's better to like pray in some form. Maybe just talking to yourself in the shower. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that can be really helpful as well. For you, it might be, you know, necessary to find a another way of expressing it. And I encourage you to really use your intuition with this. And this leads me to really embodying an emotion and clearing it. So once you've, there's a difference between feeling an emotion and embodying it, in my view. So when you feel it, you just feel it. But embodiment to me goes much deeper. It goes to a much deeper, shadowy, primal place. I, you know, in this I actually, I practice this in just my regular meditation practice. It's one of the reasons I love Kundalini Yoga because of the vocalization of the mantras that we use. But ultimately when I'm working on embodiment, I, as I'm feeling an emotion, I move and vocalize in whatever way feels natural. There's no right or right, right or wrong way to do it. And it's not like you're in an acting class and it's like, you're feeling fear, be fear. Like, no, <laughs> you may start out that way. Like you might have to kind of like force yourself into it sometimes, but it's about using movement and sound because I believe sound is part of movement and it's an integral part of um, really healing the, the discomfort we have around vocalization, both vocalization of our emotions and also just vocalization of what it is to be alive, of like our identity. And most people I find have some issues around speaking their truth. And so this is really powerful in this way as well. It actually will strengthen the energy center of the throat. So move and vocalize whatever way feels powerful to you as you're feeling that emotion. And maybe, you know, if you're, you, that may include dance, like that may be something you do as part of a yoga practice. Like that may just be something you do like riding on the floor. That's my really recommended <laughs> experience. But what this does is this actually allows you to access on a subconscious, unconscious level, the deepest recesses of your being. And you know, it's the parts of you that you've forgotten. It's those little pockets and corners of your physical container that store, like I said, this really old, deep, ancient energy that isn't necessarily accessible just by thinking about it or even writing about it. We have to go deeper. This is why, okay, if you've ever been to a chiropractor, I remember I was in, like I had a back injury years ago and I was going to the chiropractor like three times a week or, or more. And I remember so clearly one afternoon, she did an adjustment on my spine and I had just like a, the craziest physical reaction I've ever experienced. I felt like I was like in the same moment. And this is why it's interesting. People always say like, you can't feel two emotions at the same time, but I definitely felt like I was feeling two emotions at the same time. I had an overwhelming urge to burst into tears and an overwhelming urge to like crack up laughing at the exact same moment. And that happened a few other times and I finally mentioned it to her. And this was honestly years before I had ever like heard of embodiment or practiced it or anything. And I said this to her and she said, oh yeah, I mean, it's very common. I was like, okay, good. I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> or maybe I am, but at least not here. She said it's very common because we store energy in our bodies. I mean, now it's like, duh, it's so like elementary now, but 
at the time I was like, oh, like I just never even had thought about that, you know? I've had the same thing happen in yoga classes where I had really strong physical reactions. And in fact, I've had a number of strong physical experiences associated with, with spiritual practices, namely yoga and dance, um, one of which was a spontaneous kundalini awakening that I experienced um, back in 2011. But I have had these experiences where, you know, suddenly I was accessing like a very different energy than I usually accessed. And, you know, a physical practice and the subsequent release of emotion, release of sensation, release of feeling actually led to enormous shifts in my life. Like, major life changes all because I had just like released something you know so it's important not to skip these steps you know of, of identifying like I said of feeling of moving moving the energy again another thing that a lot of spiritual people talk about but nobody really tells you what the fuck to do when I talk about moving energy, I just mean, like I said, using your body, movement of your body, the movement of your voice to release and doing it with the intention that that's what you're doing. Because intention is everything, really. And, you know, while of course these things can happen without intention, like in the examples I gave for my life previously, the reality is when we do it with intention, it's even more powerful. Sometimes, honestly, and this might seem like kind of counterintuitive based on what I've just talked that was very movement-based, but sometimes a, a, a huge way that I clear energy is by setting intention before meditation and before sleep. And so I set the intention that the energy, sometimes it's just like this shit I'm feeling that it's just like, feels like shit. <laughs> it's like very spiritual terms. <laughs> Will be released and transmuted into something that serves me at a higher level. And I'll set that intention, and, and I'll get to actually what I mean by that in a moment for the last piece of this. But I'll set that intention before I go into my meditation practice or before I fall asleep. Because here's the thing, similarly to how when we do these embodiment practices and these vocalization practices, we access the unconscious. When we sleep, we enter an altered state when we can do that same work. I, I say it's like the lazy, the lazy person's version, but I actually, I mean, I joke about that, but I don't want to minimize how well it works. <laughs> like it works so well. And again, there's not like magic words. People always say, what do you say? <laughs> there are no magic words. I usually say something just you know, to give you a vibe and then you can like make your own version, please. I usually would say something like, you know, as I sleep, this, feeling that feels like fucking shit and it feels like fear and it feels like shit <laughs> it will be released if it's not mine it will be dissolved if it is mine it'll be transmuted and elevated into something that serves me at a higher level and so it is but don't steal my script do your own thing <laughs> you know me I'm always about like not telling you what to do because you know what to do you really do Okay, so the last piece of this for me is to, you know, once you have set that intention that it's moved, is deciding that that energy is going to be used for something else. And that's the thing about the process of alchemy. It's deciding. You know, 
we, again, we, you hear, we hear so many people talk, at least in the spiritual world. <laughs> if you're not in that world, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Caitlin? I've never heard anyone say this. <laughs> but a, there are a lot of people who talk about like, you know, transmuting things, which is basically like a fancy way of saying changing, <laughs> making another choice. Because yes, it can feel like magic and it kind of is, you know, but it's also a decision. And that decision is magic. Let me give you a really easy to understand example. When, think of a time when you, someone said something that really pissed you off. Like maybe they said you couldn't do something or you weren't capable and you were like, I'm gonna show them. And you use that to drive you. That's what I'm talking about. Now, it's tricky. Like we have to sometimes be aware and be constantly looking at um, how we allow, how we transmute these things. Because if we're not careful, we can create a pattern that's not healthy over time. But I really encourage you to start with where you are. So with the example I just gave, you know, if over time you always need somebody to like be shitty to you to feel motivated to do great work, then you're going to start attracting sit shitty situations. You just are. <laughs> That's my belief, at least. And you know, while that may serve you at first, it, it's like, that's kind of an exhausting way to live, to be constantly on edge like that. So we don't want to do that in the long run, but I, I encourage you to start with where you are now. So if you're feeling fear and you've like done all this work, you've identified it with it, you've felt it, you've, you know, processed things that have come up, you've moved it out of your body, what are you left with? So after those practices I just gave, after that, that embodiment and that vocalization work, sometimes you may feel exhausted, in which case I encourage you to sleep with the intention that anything that remains is being taken from you, being dissolved into the ether, whatever language you like to use. Your grid is clear. You may feel a new emotion come up, in which case like continue, continue this process. Maybe you go from feeling fear to feeling sad. And people who believe and like follow this idea of the emotional, um, what's it called? The emotional guidance system. It's like an Abraham Hicks thing, but like they didn't invent it. I mean, lots of people have referred to this in varying you know, terms. Um, but this idea that like you just pick an emotion that feels a little bit better. And you know, for you, and that's, that's different depending on the person, but for you, sadness may be better than fear. So like, great, like you're actually improving the situation. So you're already creating alchemy. So whether you've released the energy and now you feel tired, you feel a new emotion, or sometimes you feel fired up and you've created alchemy into like this energy, regardless of where you are, you will eventually get to a point where you feel that ball of energy. Maybe it comes after you sleep for 12 hours <laughs> after doing this process. Maybe it comes after you continue repeating this process and like, as you as more and more you know better feeling but still uncomfortable emotion surface but eventually a peace comes and after that peace comes a sense of purpose you may not know what that purpose is for or what you're going to do but the reality is you feel all of essentially that space that's been created that vacuum that's now open where you were currently siphoning all of your energy into like that fear you know, program, it's now open to anything. 
And this is like the strike when the iron is hot moment. So it may be like, oh my God, I know exactly what to do. Great, do it. Don't hesitate. I don't care if you have to take off work. I don't care if you have to stay up all night, do the thing. Because once you let the time pass, the moment pass is no longer the thing. And that's fine too, but like, you know, let's just, let's just do the fucking thing when it comes, you know? So I hope that makes sense. Again, these are highly spiritual terms. <laughs> do the fucking thing when it comes. Um, sometimes it's just like that feeling of peace that's a total shift and it's a realization that you that the illusion is cleared. That's the best way I can put it. That the illusion is cleared. I'm starting to feel that myself um, about like the things causing fear in my life. The illusion is being cleared. That doesn't mean you still don't like take action, do practical things, but what it means is you see through it and you realize that like the things aren't the be all end all. And now you have this clear space that you can plant something. So whether you know what the next step is or not, even if you just feel that empty space, it's important and it's time to set the intention of planting. So if you don't know what it is, set the intention that this space is reserved for the newness to come through. The newness of a new project, of a new creative endeavor, of a message to share with the world, even if the world is just like your closest friends. Again, this isn't about necessarily like writing the next King Lear. This is about just like who you are, who you are right now, who you're going to be as this goes forward. When you set that intention, it's like if you, you know, cleared space for a garden, you put the new soil in and, and whatnot, and you set the intention of the seeds being planted. Maybe you don't know yet what plant is gonna go there. Maybe you have tomato seeds and zucchinis and eggplants and you're not sure which one's gonna go in there yet, but you know something's gonna go in there. And so even if a couple days pass or a week passes, you're gonna keep that bed like ready to go. You're gonna weed things that come through. You're going to, you know, do whatever is required to keep that soil fresh and ready. Whereas if you just dig the bed and you're like, all right, I'll plant something in it. But like, I mean, I don't know, I'll figure it out later. And then you just like let time pass because that intention isn't strong. And then suddenly it's overgrown with weeds and then you just forget about it. And the packets of seeds grow moldy in your kitchen. You know, do you feel that difference in energy? My point here is that even if you don't know what is going to go there now, you're setting the intention for it to be something new. That's not just fresh fear. It's not just fresh fear. The more awareness you have during these processes, which may seem very esoteric, but the reality is they're things you feel and everyone feels them differently. And that's why I, I really encourage you to just listen to what I'm saying and feel what it feels like and not be like, okay, am I doing it right? Should I do it this way or this way? Do it the way you, your body, your spirit, your soul already know how. And once you do this, do so with the intention that the space that's cleared, that the fire that remains, even if it's just a very, very, very small little flame, 
in the center of your being that you only notice and hear and feel and smell when you get very, very still. With the intention that that force is what will drive you to create something intentionally that is ultimately the desire of your soul. And that's why fear is a gift. These negative, uncomfortable emotions, uncomfortable is really the word I wanna use, not negative. Because it's not negative, it's a gift. These uncomfortable emotions are gifts. Because in this process of active movement and clearing, of active, active reinterpretation and transmutation of their essence, we are actively able to choose something new. Because what's more powerful? Something fresh that has meaning for you that you've decided to birth into the world or something that just happens on its own. I really believe that, you know, it, it's like when, it's like the slash and burn agriculture, you know, when that trauma is cleared on the surface level what remains underneath is extremely fertile. And I really believe that this is the most fertile ground that we can grow things from. So what do you want to grow? It doesn't have to be King Lear. But I have a feeling that when you release judgment and you drop your like preconceived notions about what you're supposed to be doing right now or hell, anytime, that what remains is so honest, so pure, that you're able to go so much bigger with it than you ever could have done from that place of pressure and comparison and you know, feeling like just because this other person did this thing that you, you know, look up to that you need to do it too. So thank you for coming on this journey with me today. If this moves you, be sure to sign up for the free training like I said, it's a three-day virtual live retreat. It's going to be about an hour and a half each day live with recordings available. Plus, there's going to be some follow-up explorations for you to do on your own. So, you know, it's not like an all-day thing. Something that you can easily fit in your schedule. Let's, let's face it. A lot of you listening have plenty of time right now. <laughs> and those of you who don't, like I said replays are available to check it out when you do have the opportunity. So click the link in the show notes to sign up. And if this work lights you up and you know this is what you're meant to be doing and going deeper with in your own exploration of yourself that is required for your evolution, for your ascension, I am so, so, so excited to introduce Alma de Oro, Business Alchemy for a New Era. It's my upcoming group coaching program. It's a four-month program. I have made it really accessible for this inaugural, inaugural round. I've even added an extended payment option recently to respect the fact that 
a lot of us don't really know where money's coming in the next month, the next two months. And while this is kind of a reality I live as an entrepreneur, I understand for those of you who have jobs and you know a different paradigm, that's scary as fuck. So I've offered an option for you to still invest fully in yourself, but over a longer period of time to make it a little more manageable. I'll put the link in the show notes to that as well. That program, that four-week program, it is really centered around doing this inner work as a means of discovering our soul's work that I believe is our most powerful, most life-changing, and most profitable work that we can create in our businesses. So while the three-day retreat is for everybody, and we're going to be looking at how this applies to a variety of areas of our life, Alma de Oro is for you if you are an entrepreneur or if you desire to become one. So check everything out in the show notes. As always, in fact, never miss the show notes. <laughs> if you don't know where to find the show notes, send me a message at Caitlin Metali on Instagram. Um, but I always put a lot of resources in the show notes for you. So be sure to check those out because everything you need that I talk about is always there. Thank you for coming on this adventure with me. Thank you for allowing me to be open about the uncomfortable emotions I'm feeling. And thank you for receiving, re- receiving that truth, receiving my presence and being here by my side. Thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app. To keep the episodes coming, click on the link in the show notes to support the show for as little as $1 a month. I am so grateful to have you as part of this movement. I'll see you soon. Thank you.